More honesty than you can handle. More empowerment than you can imagine. You're tuned in to Tavis Smiley. Smiley. Conversation now with the other Carol Burnett. Yesterday we were joined by um, a comedy legend, Carol Burnett, for a career conversation. And it was, uh, it was an amazing, amazing uh, and wonderful dialogue. But now we speak with Carol Burnett, the founder and executive director of the Mississippi Low-Income Child Care Initiative, an organization working to strengthen women's economic security and make the safety net work better for women. Carol Burnett, good to have you on this program. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. How does one navigate life when you're named Carol Burnett uh, in light of the other Carol Burnett? Um, I have lived a life where everybody has a comment or a joke or a, a reference to her. I've also been introduced to speak and disappointed audiences because I wasn't her. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured there'd be some kind of story like that, uh, but I, I am delighted <laughs> to speak to you. I, I, I can say this. I have never in my, I've, been, I've had a 30 plus year career now uh, and uh, in radio and television, and I have never spoken to two guests with the same name back to back. So it's 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 a moment for me in my career. I spoke to one of you yesterday and the other today. That's never happened, so it's kinda cute. But I must say though, that while Carol Burnett has done an amazing job over the years of of, of uh, in entertaining us, you are doing some great work to empower us. And so I celebrate both Carol Burnett's and I'm delighted to talk to her yesterday and just as thrilled to talk to you today about the the work and witness that you are engaged in. Let me start our conversation by asking, uh, and, and not out of any naivete, but but why does the safety net in Mississippi and, and in this country, for that matter, why does the so-called safety net not work so well for women? Um. Well, there are a lot of answers to that question. Sure. I think um, probably the sort of big picture answer to that question is that policies are too often made based on wrong ideas about who single moms are. Um, we uh, hear a lot about, you know, single moms need to be forced to go to work when, in fact, single moms have an incredible labor participation rate and work. We hear a lot about how single moms rely on welfare and have too many kids when, in fact, the family size of single moms is the same as the average family size of any family in the country. Um, So there's a lot of punitive, um, negative um, narrative about who the poor are Mm -hmm. and where that has an intersection between race and gender. We get a lot of ideas like the ideas around like the welfare queen mythology. Um, And that is so harmful because when you build, when you make policy based on the wrong ideas, then you don't really get to the problem because what single moms work uh, in Mississippi, they are overwhelmingly concentrated in low-wage work. They're referred to low-wage jobs that are considered like women's jobs. There's this dynamic of occupational gender segregation where um, jobs where most of the workers are women pay lower and jobs where most of the workers are men pay higher. And so building opportunities for women to break out of that and get into occupations where they can earn a wage enough to support their family Mm -hmm. so they can earn wages that make them economically secure, those are the kinds of strategies that need to take place. But one of the key strategies is affordable child care, mm-hmm. which is what we focus on primarily. We'll talk about that in a moment here, affordable child care. Again, these are issues that 
<clears throat> or not just real in Mississippi, but they're real all across the country. We'll talk about that in a second here. Right. Um, but 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 I was you you must be prescient uh, and prophetic in part because uh, as you were talking about the fact that uh, there's a, a wrong narrative uh, about uh, who are poor, who the poor are in this country. Uh, and as you said that I wrote down, you could, if you can see my notes, you'd be, you'd be cracking up. I literally wrote down Ronald Reagan welfare queen and, and, <laughs> and literally, you know, 10 seconds later, you mentioned welfare queen. So we're, we're, we're on, we're on the same track here. And so let me go back to that point very quickly in, in part, because to my mind, certainly in, in, in modern America, in modern times, it was Ronald Reagan who used that term welfare queens and it stuck all those years ago. Uh, and you know better than I, but it seems to me that that narrative, that image of single moms, has not has not changed. That 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 attack has been has been unabated, as it were, ever since Ronald Reagan fired that shot. Uh, is that your read of it? Yes, it is. Um, uh, the power of that image and that uh, the basically the permission that image gave of a very punitive ideology to come forward has really been with us for uh, a very long time, and it's very difficult to battle that when mm -hmm. policymakers have bought into it mm -hmm. and, as I say, believe all of that and then make policy based on those wrong-headed ideas. Mm -hmm. um, what's wrong, and this is another, another big question, uh, what's wrong uh, presently with our policymaking when it comes to mothers and children and the safety net. What are we getting wrong public policy-wise? Well, um, moving to child care for a second. Sure. I mean, we uh, work on trying to make sure that single moms have affordable child care. Uh, Mississippi gets a uh, federal block. There's a federal block grant that goes to all states. It's called the Child Care Development Fund. Mm -hmm. That block grant uh, allows states to give essentially vouchers to eligible parents. States have tons of discretion in how they come up with the rules for who qualifies and how the program's going to work. Uh, a mom, and I say mom because most of the parents who are on the program in our state are single moms. Mm -hmm. um, they apply, they have to meet a work requirement, they have to be income eligible, they have to submit a lot of documentation to prove all of that. Uh, and once they're approved, they can take their voucher and go to a child care center that's been approved to be in the program, and they can buy their services. And the voucher then will pay a part of the fee based on – it's a sliding fee scale based on family size and income. And so for a poor family, it pays a huge amount of the fee. If you earn higher income, you pay a larger portion, and the voucher pays less. But that program – serves kids from birth to 12. The centers that participate have full-day, all-year child care, so working moms can rely on it for child care while they work. Mm -hmm. It's an incredibly helpful program, but um, Mississippi uh, is currently only serving about 25 or 30 percent of the kids in our state that qualify because the funding is limited. Um, we recently nationally went through, as you know, um, the pandemic really shone a big spotlight on the need for child care and how inadequate our child care delivery system is to serve all working parents, um, but particularly low-income single moms who are often in jobs where 
you know, they have very little job flexibility. I mean, mm-hmm. they get in trouble if they even make a phone call on their job, yeah. uh, much less leave to go move their child from, like, you know, uh, when pre-K ends to an after-school program. They don't mm-hmm. have that kind of job flexibility. Uh- and so that kind of a, a secure child care system that provides a child care safety net is mm-hmm. just not there. There are two things I was uh, reading just today uh, before coming on the air, and I want to ask you about those two things when we come forward. Um, the first thing, um, as we're talking about child care, uh, I've been seeing some data which suggests not just that mothers, but that fathers, hear me now, that fathers uh, are increasingly uh, applying for child care. I want to see if that's what you're tracking as well. I want to, uh, again, probe that when we come forward. I was also reading a story today that su- that suggests or finds, data finds, that many Americans now spend at least half of their income on shelter, which leaves little money for anything else. Now, if if if, if so many Americans across the board are spending at least half of their income on housing, on shelter, uh, with not much left for anything else, I can only, Im- I can only imagine then the impact that that has specifically on women who are spending half of their income on shelter with not much left for anything else. We'll probe both of those things and a bit more when we come forward with Carol Burnett. This Carol Burnett is with the Mississippi Low Income Child Care Initiative. We'll talk uh, more with her when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley. Ranked number 45 on the heavy hundred list of the 100 most important radio talk show hosts in America. Helping to make you the most knowledgeable person in your circle of friends. This is Tavis Smiley. If um, Carol Burnett, fellow citizens all across the country, um, are spending at least half of their income on shelter, uh, which leaves little um, resources for anything else, how is that reality hitting uh, uh, single moms? It's hitting single moms really hard. Um, we, I mean, our organization really focuses on single mom families for mm-hmm. a number of reasons, but one of the most pressing is because in our state, half the kids in our state live in families that are headed by single moms, and yet they're the poorest families in the state. Like 70% of our state's poor kids are children who live with a single mom, mm-hmm. despite the fact their mom is working. And so with that kind of a, uh, economic harm, you know, they're, they're, if they're working full-time in a job that pays minimum wage, and Mississippi still uses the federal minimum wage at $7.25 an hour, it means a family of two, a mom and a child, where the mom is working full-time, her family still falls below the federal poverty level, even though she's working full-time, which is just um, uh, a very difficult scenario for a mom to work her way out of. We have a project called the Employment Equity for Single Moms that has brought to the table um, opportunities for her to enter occupations that pay higher wages. So we make sure she's got child care right away mm-hmm. and identify um, training or credentialing programs or occupations that she could move into to help increase her earning power so she can move into a higher wage job, which is critical for her to be able to move her family not only toward economic security, but simply out of poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, Mississippi has the highest or one of the highest rates of uh, women's poverty in the country, which is, of course, um, 
when you break it down by race, it reveals a significant racial disparity where black women's poverty rates are twice what white women's poverty rates are. But the poverty rates among single parents are three times both of those. And so um, it's just such a significant problem that we've really focused on that population to try to help bring resources to the table and eliminate harmful policies that allow for access to resources. Yeah, no, I've, I've, uh, I find myself telling uh, persons who listen to this program uh, who, who note that from time to time I have these uh, what they would term Mississippi conversations. And I said, well, I hadn't really thought about it in that way. But if, if that is the case, uh, it is primarily or probably because, likely because Mississippi, to my mind, uh, has always been and is still ground zero in, in the fight back, uh, certainly for African-Americans. Uh, to receive the kind of uh, uh, respect uh, and justice and equity and fairness that we deserve. Mississippi always ground zero. Uh, and the numbers that you have shared just now remind me of why that is, in fact, the case. Our remaining moments with Carol Burnett when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. Seeking the truth. Speaking the truth. This, this is the Tavis Smiley Show. May Fresh Daily in the Mert Park, Los Angeles, California. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley and Carol Burnett talking about uh, uh, women and children uh, and what to be done uh, about uh, this bad policymaking when it comes to single moms and low-wage work and affordable child care uh, and housing and the like, uh, certainly at the holiday season. Um, Carol, I mentioned this earlier. Are you seeing any data that suggests that, that fathers uh, are are reaching out for more child care these days? Is is this just a single mom thing? Well, we haven't, uh, in our organization, we've gotten some Mm -hmm. uh, questions from single dads, but as I say, because the population in the child care program is so overwhelmingly single moms, uh, that's really the yep. population that we've heard from. But you know, childcare is unaffordable for every everybody. Family, exactly. Yeah. Whether it's a two parent, a two parent family, yep. a single dad family, or a single mom family. I did want to say one thing, if I might. Sure. Um, we did have a recent uh, policy success that I would like to uh, note because it was so impactful. Sure. Uh, to not leave on a completely uh, depressing note. Um, Mississippi was one of a small number of states um, that had been requiring single parents to cooperate with child support enforcement before the single parent could qualify to get child care assistance. And that requirement was a deterrent and an obstacle for single moms to seek child care assistance for a lot of very legitimate reasons we could go into. But Um, After a lot of work in Mississippi, we were able to work with the state to remove that requirement so that a single parent can apply for child care without having to invoke child support requirements onto the absent parent. Mm -hmm. And that has, um, just since it went into effect in May, from May to September, 3,500 moms were able to get child care that would not have been mm. able to qualify previously yeah. to get child care. And so that change was an incredibly significant policy change, but it points to the fact that when federal block grants give federal money to states but then allow states to come up with their own rules, um, it really can uh, make access more difficult in states that want to lay that layer of um, 
uh, obstruction onto mm-hmm. a, access to a public assistance program. Um, and so the state's ability to remove that um, was terrific because they they did finally make the decision to eliminate that requirement. That's a positive note to close on. Um, in 30 quick seconds, if you can, how, how do you process, uh, how do you respond politically to the statement, um, if you don't want to be poor, don't be a single mom? You're, you're in a very Republican state. I know you've heard that argument before. I would say if you don't want to be poor, um, remove the obstacles out of the pathway that single moms are working tirelessly to pursue to support their children. They're doing everything. They're working full-time, sometimes two jobs. They're doing everything they can for their kids. And what they need are policies that help them access living wage jobs, policies that build a strong safety net that give them the support that they need to achieve their goals. I appreciate you, Carol Burnett, and the work that you are doing at the Mississippi Low Income Child Care Initiative. Good to have you on this program. Happy holidays to you and all your clients. Happy holidays to you, and thanks for having me. Thank you, Carol.